What's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have a really special guest with us. I have R&B, hip-hop, and pop legend, producer, songwriter, Paul Anthony of Full Force. I know you all remember him and them from House Party, the movie, the classic film that we all know and love. How you doing, Paul? Hey, I'm good. I'm good, Cliff. Good to be here, man. How's it going with you? It's going good, man. I'm super excited. I really am. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of you guys' music. My favorite song is Ain't My Type of Hype, which I've heard through House Party. So, and everybody knows that that classic dance scene and whatnot. So I'm just really excited. I'm super ecstatic to get this show on the road and have a fun conversation with you as well. Oh, good. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a shout out all of the listeners, everybody in all 50 plus countries around the world. Thank you guys for continuing to like, share, subscribe, and overall just spreading the word about the same show. Really, thank you guys. Love you guys. Really appreciate it. Keep it up. Really helping get the same show name out there and helping elevate us to new platforms. And if you're listening and you're not following us, make sure to check us out on IG and Twitter at the same underscore show. That's same, S-A-N-E underscore show. Again, that's on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, you can find us on Facebook, The Same Show. Again, on Facebook, that's The Same Show. Today, we're going to be talking about songwriting. We're also going to talk about doing business with family. I know, Paul, you know a lot about that. <laughs> and then following that, we're going to have an interview with Paul so that we can learn more about him, his time with Full Force, his, their career, and all the fun and exciting things that goes along with that. Let's go ahead and hop right into it with songwriting. So we were talking a little bit about this before the recording. And again, you're a songwriter as well. And I, I thought it was really good to talk about this with you, especially knowing all of the people that you guys have worked with. And, you know, like I mentioned to you, when I think about songwriting, and I used to do music as well, as far as I used to sing in a choir. So, you know, I kind of understand as far as the the elements that go into writing a song, but you, you've done it on a, on a professional level. But one of the things that comes to mind for me is that I learned that when being a songwriter, it, it takes a lot of talent, I assume, to mm-hmm. write a song, not just for yourself, but especially for another artist. I mean, if you, if you could, just give me a little bit of insight as to what it takes to write a song, being a songwriter and writing songs for other musicians. Well, I mean, first of all, once again, it's, it's good to be here and glad to really give energy to the show. So in regard to songwriting, on one aspect, it's a craft that you have to work at it and be really know what you're doing. And on the other hand, you don't really know what you have to do. You just let it flow. You know, some of the best things in the world is when the song literally writes itself and you can get inspiration from anywhere. Nowadays, it, there's nothing like a good melody. Let's not forget that. But True. sometimes a song can come from anywhere, any inspiration, and as long as it's catchy, as long as it's catchy or it leaves an imprint in someone's uh, energy or someone's whole person, then you have a quality song. So I've been writing songs since I was younger. When we were young, Full Force is six guys. It's Paul Anthony, myself, Bowlegged Lou, Be Fine, the three brothers in House Party, then our cousins Baby Jerry, Kurt, and Shy Shy. 
we've all had our share of songs writing and, and, and hits you know we all did that but as a collective you always see full force I know I was writing when I was young. As a matter of fact, when my father first discovered I had a voice, he heard me sing a Smokey Robinson song. And then I think when I was 11, I wrote a song called You Can't Hit Your Butterfly. And, but professionally, it came about just by a story. I think one of my most memorable songs that I wrote or I spearheaded, and the reason why we use spearheaded because in the end, everyone's usually put something in. And yeah. I, for one, I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to write music. I don't play an instrument, none of that. You know, I just have the gift of ear and melody and, and song in my heart. And I think one of the most memorable songs that I wrote came from a story from a friend of mine who found out that her husband was fooling around on her behind her back. Mm. And I was still working my nine to five and we would uh, go jogging every Sunday you know, early in the morning, and this particular Sunday, I got there, and she was on the stoop crying, and it was really, it was a small, small street in Brooklyn, so the traffic, I mean, the crowd, the cars was going, so I really couldn't make out what she was saying, but, I mean, I said, you know, Pam, I mean, you want to try to make up, do things differently, and she said, Paul, I don't got no more damn tears to waste, I'm just, I'm just all cried out, I don't got no more tears to waste, and a light bulb went off in my head, and I took a pen out of my sock and uh, mm -hmm. my palm all cried out over you and let her finish the story. And that's why we went jogging every Sunday. That's why I start the song with, all alone on a Sunday morning, outside I see the rain is falling, but inside I'm slowly dying. And because it was a narrow street in Brooklyn, I couldn't hear everything because the cars were going back and forth. So that's so, but the traffic was so noisy that you, you know what I mean? So yeah. that song just wrote, wrote itself. So that came from inspiration just from a conversation. Then, uh, you know, so some songs will come from a conversation. Some songs will come from real life experiences. You just got to capture the moment. I, I could totally understand that. And, you know, it's funny you, when you talk about a song coming from the heart, right? Because one of the things I have down here is song lyrics have to be compelling. And I feel like if it comes from the heart, then it's going to be compelling because you're telling a story. I believe that the best songs tell the best story. So being that if I were to hear that song today that you were just telling me about and now that I know the story behind it, and it would really, I guess it amplifies the lyrics. It gives the lyrics more meaning when you know the story behind it. And those are usually, those are truly the best songs. We see it a lot now. People write songs. I guess when I talk about the, the lyrics and the meanings, the substance behind it, I believe that a lot of the songs today compared to the songs back in the day don't have as much substance. And without that substance, the song, again, doesn't have that meaning. And it doesn't, what I like to call, have that uh, factor, that, that it factor to it, right? That mm -hmm. makes that song unique to the masses or to the people that like the song. You know, that's why certain songs last so long, in my opinion, when I think about that. Even, again, I don't mean to keep harping on it, but again, ain't my type of hype, right? right. Like that. Not only was that the song for the movie, but that song lives outside of the film House Party. And right. I think about the lyrics and the, just the vibes. Like, it's like, man, that song's about as old as I am, <laughs> if not older. So, you know, yeah. I listen to it and it's like, man, this right here, this is dope. Like, this is a classic. This is a hit. We all know. So, mm -hmm. no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, that was a classic. That one was actually written in the 
been spearheaded by Baby Jerry. You know, he started that one. So while we was on the set, you know, he was coming up with that idea, and then we all pitched in. But that was mainly Jerry just leading with that one. And it's a it's a, it's a classic, man. I feel so privileged to know that we actually recorded that in 1989. You know, and uh, that's when the movie came out. To know yeah, that yeah, before my time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to know that it's been around so long, I've seen at least 80 different young couples get married to it and dance to it. And I've seen it in four different, five different movies, five different languages, you know, so it's a blessing. But that that's a true testament to the um, phrase that a good song will live forever. You know, a, a friend of mine who I've had the pleasure of producing, Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind and Fire, he sings a lyric that's very, very key. There's a song that Earth and Fire, they call a song for you. And he says, sound, it never dissipates. It only recreates in another place in time. And that's exactly it. It never goes away. It just shows up and it just recreates itself. And that's the beauty of, of a good melody and a good song. The last thing I want to touch on in this topic, lyrics and instrumental, which a lot of people refer to as the actual production of the song. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about shortly before I started talking to you is the fact that, obviously, because I, I mentioned it earlier, too, like the lyrics, good lyrics supersede production or instrumentals. But I think one of the most beautiful things in a song is when the lyrics are just as good at, or let me rephrase that, when the production or the instrumental is just as good as the lyrics. But that's when you know you got a banger <laughs> or a hit. You know, when the two just, they just go together. You know what I mean? I believe that, I guess you tell me, because I, I don't, I'm not a recording artist. I'm not a songwriter or a producer. What, does the song come first? Or I guess do the lyrics come first? Do the instrumentals? Or, because I, I think about if the lyrics come first and the instrumental does a great job of supporting that. Mm-hmm. Then you gotta. It's a match made in heaven when when the song is complete. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So your question is, which one comes first? Yeah. Is it? Is it? I guess is there a a way in which like okay, this the lyrics should come first or the instrumental? I guess I'm just asking what it, does it matter at the end of the day? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. You know, and sometimes. Creativity has a life of its own. Just just mm-hmm. grasp the free flow. So I've been inspired to write when I heard a melody. I remember we had a hit that was one of the first R&B, hip-hop, New Jack joints called Alice, I Want You Just For Me. And that was a big one for us. It was, can you see, I want you just for me. I remember walking to Hitman Howie, I mean, Hitman Howie T. He was working on some tracks in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn basement. And I heard that, and I went downstairs in his basement, and I heard boom, 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 I said, yo, Howie, what's that? He said, yo, man, Paul, this is something I'm working on. I said, yo, Howie, man, that joint sound like Alice. And he didn't know what I was talking about. But I was a honeymooners fanatic. So... I said, that joint sounds like Alice. He like, what? I went in his back bedroom and I think in 20 minutes, 
I wrote the song called Alice, I Want You Just For Me. And I wrote the whole song. But it was inspired from the track, which was thumping at me. And, you know, I just finished watching The Honeymooners. So that was inspired by the track. And then, like I said, All Cred Out was inspired by a, a story. And then sometimes I'll hear a melody in my head. And the melody, I'll fill in the melody with lyrics, you know, because the melody just sticks with me. Then I'll fill in the blanks. So there is no formula to it. There is no rules to it. And that's the beauty of free flow songwriting. There should be no rules. It should just, whenever it comes, it just comes. And let it expand, let it breathe and see where it goes from there. All right, now we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about doing business with family. I know a little bit about this. So I can speak on this. I know, Paul, you know a lot about this, especially, again, being a part of Full Force, being all family. This is always interesting, and I actually like speaking on this. As early on, I never really thought I would be doing business with family. Uh, you know my cousin John, you know, when he moved down here, and you know, he working in entertainment, and me wanting to get into entertainment, you know, he took, at first it was him taking me under his wing. And now, you know, I, I help him out with things. And, you know, I also have another cousin or two other cousins that I also do business with. And so it's, you know, doing business with family is, is a unique thing. And I'm fortunate that, at least in my experience, it's, it's been good because you got to know where to draw the line. You also have to set expectations. And I think, too, at least for me, when you're doing business with family, you know these people well. And you have a different relationship as opposed to someone that is just a friend. Like, yes, you still, if they're a business partner and you guys have been working together for years, yes, you have a relationship, but it's not like family. And I just feel like with family, like having that relationship, I believe can help. If, if done right, it can help. And if not done right, it can hurt. You know, you know where I'm coming from? And sure. again, that's why I wanted to talk about this, because especially like with Full Force, I'm like, man, at first thinking it was just, you know, the three of you guys. And then I learned, like, there's three more. I'm like, how does this work? And, I, and obviously, you guys have been around for a long time, and you're doing really great things. It's working. <laughs> so I, I guess if you could if you could speak on that, I, I'm really hope I get some takeaways from you too, as far as you know, doing business with family. Yeah, you know it. Once again, it can go both ways. It could be a blessing. It could be a curse. Things can yeah. be, be smooth because it's family. And then sometimes family has the ability to jerk you more than anyone else because they are family and because you wouldn't expect it. In music and business, sometimes you have to expect the unexpected. With family, things can go very smooth, no problem, effortless. And then sometimes greed sets its in all kind of places. So you never know, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's just in general. That's the advice I give in general. Don't take anything for granted. Speaking specifically with my family, because much, much kudos go to my mom and dad, the way they raised us. We were always close. We was always up front. We was always candid. We'd have an argument, knock down, drag down an argument at 6 o'clock, and at 6.15, like, okay, man, we're going down to the food, get some store, who's buying? It's all good. And then, once again, I may have written a song, Kurt may have written a song, Lou may have written a song, but you see, written by full force. We always shared everything. You know what I mean? So in our 
particular situation, family never never posed a problem. It was more of a help than a hindrance. Okay. So I'm curious to know, when it comes to full force, what went into it as far as like, okay, this is how we're going to do things, right? I guess like your system. How did you guys come about putting that together? Talking about in music, production, business, artists? More so on the business side. Well, that wasn't too difficult because, I mean, we came into the music business doing the business of music. You know what I mean? My father taught us to have several revenue streams. So when we came in the business, the artists that we brought to the world, whether it's UTFO with their hit Roxanne, Roxanne, the Cheryl Pepsi Riley, you know, her huge hit, Thanks to My Child, which we wrote and produced that. Lisa Lisa, the biggest artist in America at that time, and we wrote and produced all her stuff. We managed all our artists as well, and we co-managed ourselves with our okay. late friend Steve Salem. So, you know, we always came in doing the business. That was mainly my thing. You know, I went to school, I went to school for accounting to get my degree because I figured the best way to kill time until God said my musical ship is about to pull in is to go ahead and get an education. So I wanted to make sure I got an education back to put to use. And I did. So um, doing the business, that was always something, that was always a must because I enjoy putting people on stage just as much as I enjoy being on stage. It sounds like, because one of the things I'm thinking about is almost like, know, you know, know your role, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing where you fit in and know, because everybody has their role too. Right. And so I assume it, same thing with you guys, like being able to say, because I can, I can even say like with me and John, like there's things that he's better at than I am. And there's mm-hmm. things that I'm better at than he is. So when we come together and we do what we do, it works because we're not overstepping each other and we, we know where we fit in within the puzzle. So I imagine with you guys, it's the same thing. Like everybody has that one thing that they're best at. And then when you guys come together, it's a thing of, okay, this is where we all fit within the, in the grand scheme of things. Am I right when I, when I say that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Everyone has their role in what they do. Sometimes they may overlap. There's mm-hmm. a difference between overlapping and conflicting. There's never been a conflict. There's an overlap sometimes. And then we say, oh, okay, you got it covered? Cool. I'm going to go do this over here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, when you have that, that's a great thing. And I know communication is important. I, I guess, how is it as far as drawing that line between, okay, we're doing business <laughs> and this is family time or whatever, you know, just hanging out. Like, how did that work? Was that a challenge when you guys started doing business together? Also, you know, making music and all the other kind of stuff that you guys do? Was it a challenge? Yeah, as far as like being able to draw that line between, okay, this is business, mm-hmm. this is leisure. Well, you know, that's hard to say. In, in my case, speaking for myself, I really didn't have to draw the line because I wouldn't say leisure. Yeah, I think you mean business and personal. I mean, yeah, yeah, business and personal. Because when it comes to music, when I write, uh, you know, even when I'm flowing and it's fun, you know, it's Mm -hmm. either coming from a personal experience or someone's personal experience, or I take it very personal. You know what I mean? And then once I 
release it and let it go, then it's no longer mine. So it's gone off to the world and God take it where it's going to go. When it comes to managing, I take that very personal. You know, my artists have managed them. So I've always managed to intermingle the business and the personal. And when it was time to not let that, that was easy. Even when acting, even if, if I'm doing videos, I take that very seriously. My acting role, house party, we take that, you know, very seriously. You know, my father used to say with music, don't sing the song, become the song. So, you right. know, actually become that, you know. So it never was a problem for us, me particularly, no. That's a very interesting point. I'm, I'm going to have to write that one down when you were talking about the song. It, it starts out personal, but once you put it out there, like, that's it. That's it's not yours anymore. You know, that's right. Put it out in the world, and that's yeah. a that's a very that's a very interesting point. All right, now for the interview, I'm excited about this one. This is usually for me the highly anticipated part of the show because I always have some interesting guests on, and you know, I'm always excited to get my questions off, especially with people like yourself that are, that I consider legends and something, because you never expect, you never know who you're going to get a chance to talk to sometime. I'm excited to be able to ask you these questions and again, get more insight to, you know, your time in the business and some of the things that you've been involved with. And of course, obviously full force and also so the listeners can get some insight from you as well. So my first question to you is how does it feel to be a part of a classic film like House Party? Oh man, absolutely. Didn't see that one coming at all. And um, once again, it just falls in line with everything we stand for. I mean, people call us legends because legends stand the test of time. You know, what the work that you put in stands the test of time, no matter how long you've done it. So to be a part of a legendary urban film like a house party, and we were definitely a part of it. You know, we wrote all our lines. We was given free reign by the Hudland brothers, just do our thing, be creative with our parts, our lines, which we were, our music, we'd get together with them. And not only in my type of hype, but the theme song when the critics is rolling, oh yes, the family is in the <laughs> house party. We never do that during the shows. We gotta do that, man. That was a banger too. You know, but uh, yeah, everybody remembers that, you know, because you hear it going to the bathroom, going to the kitchen and you're, it's just playing all the time. So be a part of something yeah. like that is, is just a blessing to know that people that weren't even born are just loving it and know us. So once again, it, it extends our life. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit and I've I wasn't trying to give too much away, uh, but I was—I couldn't contain my excitement. But how did how did you guys come up with "Ain't My Type of Hype"? Yeah, well, that was kind of Jerry. Jerry, he keeps his pulse to the—he keeps his ear to the pulse. Right now, he's a very successful DJ in the state of Florida, in Miami, and uh, yeah, he was just vibing, you know. He I, and with G, I think he comes up with the track because he's a gifted legendary keyboard player. He's started lots of things, as we all did in the group. So I think he was just rocking and he came with the bass line and this, and Jay would just start playing with the verses and he has a certain style of the way he writes. And 
you know, Jerry was just rocking, you know, and he was hearing, you hear a little bit here, a little bit there, and then I think we threw in a few words, but he already set the skeleton in motion, you know, so as we was doing the movie, we described to Jerry what it is and what's the flow. He said, okay, cool. I know what I'm going to do, and he just came up with it. I imagine when you guys completed the song, I can imagine it was a moment in which it gets, it's like, you know, you see the behind the scenes of the making of a song and, you know, you see everybody bobbing their head and they jamming out to it and they just, you can, you can feel the vibe and like, you know, it's like, oh man, they got a hit. Is that how it felt for you guys too? Like when you complete it and you listen to it? From the top, and you're like, yo, this is it. <laughs> this is the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, we've had several hits like that. I mean, I can't think of all of them, but off the top, yeah. the moment you, I remember the moment we heard um, Jerry's idea mm-hmm. to smash real for the Backstreet Boys. But my love is all I have to give. Without you, I don't think I can live. We knew that was a smash, and then we all just thought, oh, let's finish this right now. I was writing a song for Lisa, and I knew she didn't like the title, but just from the way the first album did triple platinum and the melody, we want to take her as an artist, I knew that Head to Toe was going to be an out-the-box smash. I remember meeting with some of the executives at the label, and I told them that I want to take you home. It's going to be a career breaker. It's going to break it right into the mainstream. I said, you see the song right here? The songs, I wrote a song called All Cried Out. Lisa will be doing this song 40, 50 years from now. And I told them that back in 84, you know? So, I mean, certain things write themselves. And you can tell when Lou came up with the idea of Thanks My Child by Shell Pips Riley, when I came up with the idea of um, uh, Static for James Brown, when B came up with the idea of, you know, Can You Feel the Beat? We knew that these songs would really blaze the trail. You just see, it just felt so easy. Wow. That, man, that's that's cool stuff. What was it like writing and producing for big name performing artists? And I, I got it pulled up here. I mean, you guys worked with the likes of Samantha Fox, Patti LaBelle, Britney Spears, like uh, James Brown, you just mentioned, Lisa, Lisa, and the Cult Jam, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Lil' Kim, Selena, like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, just wow. Uh, what was what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the legendary artist was always wonderful experiences, particularly the legends. One that comes to mind. I mean, I love them all. One that came mm-hmm. to mind is when we worked with my girl Patty. You know, we worked with Patty Labelle, and that was that was an amazing, amazing. It's a funny story. We were so hot, we didn't have time to actually work with her because we just had artists. I think it was booked up for like six months of just artists that we had lined wow. up. And we uh, got the word that Patty wanted to work with us and we love her, but we there was no room in the schedule. So mm-hmm. this Monday we said, tell Patty we love her very much, but right now we don't have time in our schedule to work her in, so but we love her. That's what I said on a Monday. And I was working at Sigma Sound Studios on 53rd and Broadway and 12 o'clock, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, a white super stretched limousine pulls up, and who comes out? Patty LaBelle. <laughs> yep, she drove all the way from Philly. And I'm like, I was like, there, yeah, I was like, Scooby Doo. 
it was crazy. You know? Right. <laughs> sure enough, we went up in the elevator together. She said, come on, let's go up. We're going up too. We went up. Our assistant told everybody, because we was occupied in Studio A, B, and C. I think we had Howard Hewitt in Studio A, and we had somebody else in Studio B, and somebody else in Studio C, and we just rocking. And we had to shut everything down for 20 minutes and go inside to the lounge. And there was Patty looking at all six of us. She said, listen, for force, first of all, congratulations. I'm happy for you guys. You're doing your thing. And um, I want you guys to take 30 minutes. We're going to have a conversation right now because I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You're going to work with this Patty. I'm telling you. And we just looked at each other like six Ralph Cramdens. Hamina, 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 hamina. And that was it. And the rest is history. We worked and did some wonderful things together. And I love it. We see each other today. It's magic. Man, you, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that is, that is something. When you said she pulled up, I had it in my mind. Like, I, I bet she said, I, I kind of knew that was going to happen. Like, she was like, nah, nah, nah. I'm going to pull up on y'all and I'm going to give it to you like it is and tell you, you don't work. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. That's and, it. To, to have that kind of demand, that's got to feel good. Like, for somebody to want to, that, want to do, to go to that length to want to work with you, that, that really speaks volumes. It really does. Mm -hmm. And so, what's Full Force up to these days? Oh, man, you know, we've got a few special things coming, man. Of course, there's always a film project in the mix. Um, we got a, a new single coming really soon. We did a real special tribute to my, my little brother in heaven, Kobe. Kobe Bryant we got a song called The Love of a Hero slash Kobe, originally written for my brother, Bowlegged Lou, who was my bone marrow donor champion, me being a cancer champion. And then I said, let me just twist the lyrics to make it my man Kobe, featuring a new artist of ours, Brian Innerfeld. And we're going to drop that uh, for the summer. It's going to be a special song. It really is. Real special song, special video on that one. We got a few other songs coming on some artists. Without question, we have to respect this energy in the air right now called the coronavirus, but we will get through this. And once we do, we're coming out swinging. We're going to definitely doing uh, some special things. The uh, 30 year anniversary of House Party, which is this year, next 30 years. So we're going to be doing some special concerts, man. Shout out to my man, John Jennings. It's going to be real, real special. We have some wonderful support behind it. So you'll see some, um, House Party 30-year anniversary concerts with a pajama jammy jam after party. Y'all do not want to miss that. And then through my Cancer Champion Initiative, there'll be certain things. Hip-hop fights cancer I'm trying to do. Then you may see you may see fashion fights cancer. You know, we're going to be doing some very special things of that because me being a Cancer Champion, you know, I've, I've managed to pull all the resources together to, to beat it, you know, I tell people when you're fighting an elusive enemy, you just can't use one thing. You have to come several ways to fight the enemy. You know right. I mean? So it won't just be house party, bro. There'll be some things, you know, in terms of being a cancer champion. So I'm really, really excited about that, too. And then we got some more music coming, you know, some uh, there's actually some talk about a full force film. You know, we got some pretty credible people that's interested in our story. And, brother, we have stories. Absolutely. Had to be on the lookout for us. So, so like a documentary? Yeah, you know what? Okay. I, I want to say more like a docudrama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's call it a docudrama. Kind of like my brother's, my little brother's new edition. That was a documentary, but it was yeah. also 
film as well. That sounds like something that'd be cool and definitely worth checking out. Cause yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Almost think about like uh, new edition, the Jacksons and yep. it would fall in line with those kinds of films. And I think there's always something interesting when, especially when you talk about groups as compared to solo artists, nothing against solo artists, but it's, it, it makes for a better story. Cause you're talking about multiple people and, and it's just always something cool. So, yeah, man, I, that sounds really dope. And I'm excited for what's to come. Definitely want to be on the lookout for it. And if you're listening, make sure you look out for Full Force and everything they got coming our way. Because when all this passes, this COVID-19 stuff, they coming out with Full Force. So <laughs> I just I had to say that. But, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate you, Paul, taking time out of your schedule to take and come on the same show really means a lot again because i'm a fan of you guys and love your music and i didn't even know that you guys had touched people in so many ways not just through full force but through other artists so to mm-hmm. know that like it's just it's just wild and it's impressive and you know it's good to know that you guys are still going full oh, speed yeah. and oh absolutely <laughs> so, yeah. man. Don't get it. nothing's changed man i mean we still take it to the stage the way we did back in the day our reputation was infamous in terms of mm-hmm. how we rock the stage energy live tracks and nothing's changed we still do it and we're coming man still staying in shape you know i'm in still great shape i've been fortunate enough to inspire hundreds of thousands of physical fitness enthusiasts and bodybuilders and professional athletes and actors the world over by bringing my fitness into the world. And got some really special things coming in terms of what I'm trying to do to touch lives, change lives, save lives, and help us all get healthier. So you just got to tune in. And as a group, we're doing some things. My brother Lou has his foundation as well called Hope with a Vision. We're going to be doing some special thing. We got some great support staff with us, man. That I can't mention everybody. Punch Edibles is one. Uh, they're doing some very special things in the world of CBD, and I'm a spokesman and a supporter of that. So, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to diversify and do some special things and touch some lives, man. That's that's the, the music is the gift, but the purpose is to touch and change some lives and be impactful. That's the truth. Yeah. I tell you, we can use that energy right now. So, I... oh, man. now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm ready for it, man. Definitely. Uh, it's all about, I mean, I got so many phrases. One of my phrases, what's going on when it's done, it's going to be about alignment for the assignment. Remember that alignment for the assignment. That's where I'm going with it, man. And um, those who want to get in touch with us, man, of course, our main site is fullforceworld.com, where, you know, as a group, that's where you can hear and know and see and feel all the things that we're going to be doing me directly. I'm on IG, the real Paul Anthony. My foundation is palivelife.home. Lou, the hope with a vision, you can find him. And the bow-legged one, you can find him on IG. My brother, Be Fine. We're all there. We're touchable. We're real. So we're excited about greater tomorrows and new seasons. You guys heard him. If you didn't catch any of that, there's a rewind button. Be sure to go check out Full Force. Check out what they got going on on their website. Be sure to go check them out and follow them on IG and any other social media that they have. And you know, definitely stay up to date with them and be on the lookout of all the cool stuff that they got coming out. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow the same show on social media as well. Continue liking, sharing, and subscribing. 
Again, you're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.